You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. It's October 12th. The uh, midterm elections are just a few weeks away, and I'm going to. Take a break from the sex and smut of it all. Not that I mind the sex and smut of it all. I love my chosen career and its focus. Uh, talk a little bit about politics just for a second. The election is three weeks away or so, a little more. And uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I think that the Democrats aren't going to do as badly as everyone has predicted that they will do. I think that, fingers crossed, the R's peaked a little early with the crazy and uh, people have seen their anti-masturbation candidates, uh, their Sharon Angle, their Rand Paul. They've seen what the Tea Partiers brought to the table, and they realize that these people are batshit crazy motherfuckers. And the lunatics are running the GOP asylum, and I don't think people are going to want to put the lunatics in charge of the country, which is what the Republicans are proposing. So fingers crossed. Get out there. Support your candidates wherever you're listening. If you're in the United States, send some money off to some Democratic candidates that you support. Maybe Representative Grayson, who's so great on cable and such an awesome spokesman for us, could use a couple of dollars. And, of course, uh, the people running against the batshits. You know, sometimes when you talk about politics, it becomes this sort of the lesser evil and how, like, dispiriting. You know, we all got to vote for Obama in 2008, and that was very elating because we kind of felt like he was going to uh, not be a politician. They turned out to be a politician. And he's done a lot of good, but he's turned out to be a lot of politician. And that kind of like a little heartbreaking, particularly for the gays that he promised so much for. And it can be dispiriting to say you have to go into the booth or think about making campaign contributions to the lesser evil. But you know what? When it comes right down to it, the lesser evil is less fucking evil. And we could use a little less evil in the world, in Washington, D.C., from our representatives. So please get out there. Do some volunteering, do some phone calling, do some doorbelling, do some donating, and in a couple of weeks, three weeks from now, do some fucking voting. If you have your ballot in your house because you're a mail-in state or uh, you're a registered absentee voter, mail it in now. Don't put it fucking off. It's too important. Your call's after this. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. My name is Audrey. I live in Colorado. I am calling because I am part of a polyamorous relationship. Um, it's my husband and I, and then... Um, another man, and we're all pretty open and communicative. It's still relatively new, but um, this is a man who was my first love when I was like 17, and then we reconnected, and um, we, uh, you know, are now all of us together, and everything's pretty cool. Everything's pretty good. Um, Everyone's committed. Obviously, there's, you know, bumps along the way, but not a huge deal. My biggest concern is telling my mom, and I was just listening to your podcast, um, about gay people coming out, and you mentioned like a year rule. Um, I have a really tumultuous history with my mother, and um, she 
has a lot of her own issues and I think really has a desire for me to lead a quote-unquote normal life, although clearly that is not the path for me. I, I have a son who is about two years old and I'm not going to be able to keep this under wraps forever because eventually he'll, you know, mention things like so-and-so's over all the time, that kind of thing. And my mom being the suspicious person that she is will probably assume I'm having an affair. And then we'll have to have this discussion and she'll freak out and say hateful things and cry and talk about the environment I'm raising my son in. And it's just going to be so super ugly and I'm totally dreading it. And it is kind of pathetic that someone who's almost 30 years old really even seeks their mother's approval. But at the same time, it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, when I piss her off and she's super disappointed and looks at it as a personal failure on her part. So I don't know if maybe you have any suggestions um, as to how to go about this. I was thinking I was going to take some time, try to get a little positive history under my belt before I say anything, maybe let it happen organically. I don't know. Anyways, I could use your input. We are now all of us together now, you say, and this is relatively new, but you don't live with this other dude uh, that you're in the polyamorous relationship with, although he is over all the time and your son sees him all the time. Here's what you do. This isn't about being ashamed of your nascent poly lifestyle. This is about protecting yourself from your batshit crazy mother. You know, sometimes we have to make a careful distinction between living openly and honestly and with integrity and giving information to people who are toxic and malicious and retarded who are only going to use it to make us miserable. That sounds like your mom coming and going. I think you can run her and you should run her on a need-to-know basis, and she does not need to know. Don't saddle your son with a lie, especially at uh, his early age. You can't tell, you know, be open with your son necessarily about being poly and then swear him to secrecy when grandma's around. But if all you're worried about is your son saying so-and-so is over all the time and your mother leaping to a conclusion about why, all you got to say to your mother is nothing's happening. And if it were, if something were happening, it wouldn't be any of your fucking business butt out. But nothing's happening, mom. And she goes, oh my God, you have it. Nothing's happening, mom. Nothing's happening, mom. Mom, there's nothing going on. Just lie to the crazy bitch. And I'm not telling you to lie again because you should be ashamed of your nascent poly lifestyle. I'm telling you to lie because your mom is obviously nuts and makes you miserable and will use it as a stick to beat you with. If in time, you know, if this works out, if you guys are in this poly relationship for the long haul and, you know, five years goes by, maybe you could toss it all out at mom and say, ha ha, sorry, this has been going on for a long time and we're perfectly happy and there's nothing you can do about it. So please don't have a fit. But you can cross that bridge down the road when you come to it. It would be horrible emotionally perhaps for you since you say your mother really can work on your emotions to bring this all to her and have a long, drawn out, dramatic uh, conflict uh, – when this thing ends in six months or if this thing is going to end in three months or six months, if it's just going to be a polyamorous affairette and not a polyamorous long-term relationship, really why go there with mom? So run around on a need-to-know basis and right now, mom don't need to know. Hey, Dan, how's it going? I'm a 35-year-old male in Connecticut. Um, my wife and I have had a very up-and-down sexual relationship uh, over the years. Uh, she's recently started to really pick up the pace a little bit and become more adventurous, I guess. Um, however, there's one thing I've been wanting her to do because I think it would really help her with her lack of experience in the past. Um, and she's admitted to me that she has a uh, desire, at least on some level, to have sex with a friend of mine. Um, 
I'm okay with this, and I actually encourage her to do this. Um, she has been naked with him, uh, as well as with me uh, and him, through drinking games and such, um, and expressed a desire to, uh, you know, have sex with him, but she just won't do it. Um, despite all my encouraging motions to her and support of her in that, she still wants to, but won't. Any thoughts and suggestions I could uh, do or things I could do or anything here? Your wife may be having a hard time telling where her desire, perhaps, to sleep with another man or sleep with your friend ends and the pressure that you're putting on her to go ahead with it begins. So here's what you do. You drop it for the most part. You let her know that for the record, you're into this, it would you think it would be fun, you think it would be good for her, but you're not going to bring it up all the time and you're not going to put any pressure on her about it. Uh, be great if you guys could still hang out, play those drinking games, I think you said, where you all end up naked. I'm not sure what that drinking game is. I've never played that drinking game. Sounds pretty interesting. Um, so you can still be you know, social and perhaps some of the social interactions with this friend can be presumptively uh, erotic because he knows, you know, she knows that there's a little buzz between her and your friend. But then she has to see that you're going to back way the fuck off and you're not going to act like it matters to you one way or the other what she ultimately decides to do, even though it does matter to you one way or the other what she ultimately decides to do. And she will know that in the back of her head. But what she needs to see is that you can really back off and let her make a free and independent decision about whether or not this is something that for herself she wants to do. If you can get to that place where she can really assess her own emotions, divorced from, and I hate to use that term in this context because you never know where these things are going to end up, but divorced from your intense feelings uh, about this and your desire for her to go through with it. She may decide to do it. She may decide not to do it. And that is her right and it's ultimately her decision to make and you have to respect the decision that she makes in the end. Which is not to say that you don't get to have strong feelings about it, which is not to say that she can't know that you would love for this to happen. And you know what? She does know that. So now she needs to know that you're going to allow her to make her own choices, her own decisions, and respect that decision, whatever it is. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is Dexter is Delicious by Jeff Lindsay. If you like watching Dexter on Showtime, you just might like listening to Dexter the novels as read by Jeff Lindsay, the author. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. That's audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm really worried about my relationship. I've been with my boyfriend for about a year and a half, um, and we moved in together a little while ago, and most of our relationship has been amazing. The sex has been amazing. I've I've never been so attached to someone, um, but it's like in the last month, things have gotten really, really hard. Um, I feel like we're just having constant miscommunications. Um, whenever I ask for something from him, you know, a favor or, um, 
or you know, to, to come pick me up or to clean something. I feel like he's sullen and resentful. Um, I feel like I have to, you know, I, I had my um, my work like picnic like for my new job, and it's a really important job, and I'm really excited about it. And I had to twist his arm and beg for him to come, and it turned into this big fight, and we're having these massive, miserable fucking fights recently. Um, just nothing like we've ever had before where I actually, you know, I fear for the fate of our relationship. I, I, I don't know if we're going to make it to the end of the fight. I'm terrified that we're going to break up. And I, I just want to know, you know, I want to know what's going to happen. Um, so I don't have to go through this waiting process. I'm still so in love with him. And I, I just want to know if this is normal. Is it normal to go through a period where everything just feels really unstable for a while? I mean, it's only been a month. Can we just turn around and get back to what was good and wonderful about us a while ago? I'm trying not to panic about this, but I just have this sinking feeling. One of my least favorite parts of my job is when I feel the responsibility falls to me to be the bearer of bad news, but it sounds like he wants out of this relationship and he's making himself increasingly emotionally unpleasant, uh, unavailable to you, not, not, not helpful, uh, and he's tormenting you and not wanting to spend time with you and, you know, bailing on you or wanting to bail on you uh, for significant events that he should be there for you, like that company picnic. And this is a common strategy when someone wants, uh, conscious or subconscious, some people do this, not aware that they're really even doing it or that they're being as cruel as they're being. But it's often a strategy that people employ when they want out, but they don't want to open their mouths and say the words. They don't want to be the one who did the dumpings. They make themselves insanely unpleasant until the other person dumps them. Then they get to play the victim. They're the dumped party. They're the wronged party. It sure sounds like that's what's going on here. Uh, You can't just get to the bottom of that and recover from it because at the bottom of these behaviors is a desire to end the relationship. So even if he would open up to you about exactly what's going on for him. You're still going to be very unhappy. And again, he's not going to open up about exactly what's going on for him because what he wants consciously or subconsciously is for you to pull the triggers for you to dump him, not for him to have to dump you. You sound heartbroken and you know, it's heartbreaking when something you thought could be a long-term prospect turns out to not be a long-term prospect But I wouldn't be terrified if I were you that this relationship was going to end. If it continues along this track, if it continues making you more unhappy than it is making you happy, if it it brings more misery and unpleasantness and strife into your life than it does pleasure and companionship and orgasms, then you should want to be rid of it. You should want to end it. You should want to give him what he wants, which is are his walking papers. So here's what you do. And, and, you know, I'm flying a little blind here. Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe he has a brain tumor and it's pressing on the asshole section of his brain. Here's what you do. You just go to him and say, if you want out of this relationship, let's end this relationship. But it can't continue like this. It can't continue being 
making us both miserable. So if it's the end, it's the end. Let's shake hands and let's part. And the reason you may be terrified, you sound like a young woman. The reason you may be terrified is you feel that you'll never have this again. You'll never have this opportunity again. You'll never meet somebody who's along the same track that you are, that you felt the same kind of connection with that you felt with this guy a year and a half ago and for, you know, most of the relationship. Often we stay in bad relationships when we're young because we don't think we're going to do any better than this person or we don't think we can have some of the same things we've had with this person with somebody else because of the one thing. Oh, he's the one and there's no other ones out there. I met my one and he's breaking up with me. Oh my God, I'm never going to meet the other one because there is no other one because there's just one one and that's not true. There's lots of ones out there. The relationship you had with him it itself is proof that you can have that that you have the capacity to make that kind of connection with somebody else down the road and there will be if this relationship ends other guys that you will like as much or more than you like this guy so don't be terrified about this relationship coming to an end the end of this relationship means that you will be in the free and clear to have a new relationship with someone who makes you happier for longer term than this guy was able to make you Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a 22-year-old female in Portland, and last night my boyfriend and I went to a swingers club. And um, after a little while, I didn't feel aroused at all because most of the guys there were older than my dad. And um, with the exception of one hot milf, I basically didn't want anything to do with the people there. Uh, So we ended up leaving early, and it was kind of a weird night. Um, and I was just wondering if you had any ideas of how we might find some swingers in Portland that were more our age and uh, into the stuff we're into and, you know, just kind of cool, fun people to hang out with. I wasn't sure if I should look on Craigslist or just ask around with my friends. Or maybe there's some cool blogs about sex online who would know, so... If you've got any ideas, that'd be awesome because I definitely want to try it out and I don't want to get scared because all the guys are old and I'm so young. So let me know. Thanks. Bye. You and your boyfriend, young and hot and in a liberal, progressive, fun city like Portland, you should just go out. Go out to bars, go out to clubs, meet people. Maybe put up a couple of personal ads on Adult Friend Finder uh, or other websites for swingers. Uh, where you say, you know, we are this age and we're looking for people within five years of our age, either direction or maybe one, uh, one direction, considering how young you are. And then see who responds to your ads and then socialize with those people. Instead of going to a swingers party where you expect that you're going to find somebody to fuck, find somebody to fuck and then go to a party or make a party with those people. You know, a lot of organized swinging is by and for older couples because they're not going to be able to go out to you know, rock shows and clubs and they're going to feel out of place because of their age, just like you felt out of place at an organized swinging event because of your age. So there's a little like self-segregation that ends up happening. You have the option, however, 
of going out, of going out and finding your people. The young swingers that I know, young straight couples that I know who are into swinging, who wanted people around their own age, like you, didn't have luck in the organized swinging environment. They had luck by just being open about being in an open relationship and looking for other partners, uh, particularly partners who they wanted to have regular ongoing contact with so that they could establish a level of trust and a level of safety and security about disease statuses. And that worked out very well for them. So that's, I think, the best option, the best course for you and your boyfriend. Good luck. Hi, Dan. My name is John. I live in Chicago. My, my friend Michelle and I are having a debate, and I'd like for you to help clear it up for us. Uh, we were having lunch the other day, and we started talking about ass play. Uh, we're both straight. We both, she likes men. I like women. And she was arguing she's really disappointed because she doesn't like how men always have hang-ups about how she can't uh, put a strap on or do any sort of ass play with them. And I said, I sort of agreed. I said, I think that I would allow a finger in my ass. I think that it's, it feels good. I think that there are some guys who have hang-ups about that. And I think that really, honestly, like uh, the guys who have hang-ups about that are missing something. But she was arguing, but she was saying that a strap-on is fine, too. And I was arguing that, no, a strap-on takes it across the line. I think at that point, it becomes more of sort of a homosexual type of thing. That's where you said yelling bullshit, which I don't think that's true. <clears throat> I mean, I think that it's actually, I mean, and I am not a homophobe or anything like that. I'm a very straight, but a very, like, I am very comfortable with, like, I do all sorts of gay things in my, my spare time that are, you know, whatever. But my point is is that, like, I, I think that the strap-on takes it too far because that's stimulating male gay sex. And so, anyway, we have a bet going. The bet is that if you say that it's not gay and that we should allow that to happen, then she gets to fuck me in the ass with a strap-on. And if not, then she can't do that. And um, I'm really hoping that the answer is it's not. You're actually with the, the woman who you were talking, arguing with about pegging? Oddly enough, uh, yes. We, we actually work together. Uh, <laughs> Do you guys have a have sexual a of... relationship, or are you just friends who maybe no. sometimes fuck? We, in fact, we've never fucked. Uh, no, we, it's not that sort of thing. We were just argue, making the case. We were sitting around talking, and we were having a, it, this is a, a hypothetical argument. Um, but, you know, the stakes are sort of high. Yeah, they are. I, I can't believe you would leave this in my hands, the decision as right. to whether or not you get your ass fucked. Where did you think I was going to come down on that? Well, I sort of knew at the time, and but you know, I sort of. All right, no, enough of you. Uh, I don't want to talk to you. Put her on the phone. All right, all right. Here she is. Hello. Okay. Clearly, he wants to get fucked in his ass. Otherwise, he wouldn't have left it right. up to me. Yeah. To exactly. call like the gayest. Exactly. Sec- yeah. Exactly. Like, why would he do that? How many men have you fucked in the ass? None. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really want to. Well, this is your opportunity because there's actually nothing gay about it. No, if, at, at all, right? If a man and a woman are doing it to each other, there's nothing gay about it. But there is something, you know, transgressive about it. And what's transgressive about it is he's being penetrated, she's doing the penetrating. It's a total inversion of normal sex roles in a heterosexual relationship. And what can be, you know, fun and exciting about it is that you are, like, kind of making him your bitch. And that's a little gay, but the act itself is still straight, which is why it has its own name, pegging, a neogilism invented by savage love readers. <laughs> and clearly he wants you to peg him, otherwise he wouldn't have left it in my hands. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that's what's so exciting about it, right? Because I think that you get like to do it now. Oh, yes! <laughs> so put him, oh. on, put him on the phone. I'm glad I could make your day. 
Christmas you came early. And you know, wait, wait, before you put them on the phone, you've asked other guys to do this and they've all said no to you? Yeah, most of the guys that I've been with don't want anything anywhere near their ass, like not a finger, which is why I was like, John, if you've ha- you're, he's okay with like fingers or like, you know, being around the area. It's like, well, why not just, you know, dive into it? But um, that was too far for him, apparently. Well, not or anymore. Too much of a taboo. Not anymore. Put him on the phone. Okay. It's not a taboo. It's that Michelle is is she's. I, I'm afraid that she's turning me uh, gay here. No, 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 no. Do you really think? Do you think that I turned gay because somebody put a put a dick or a dick like thing in my butt and it flipped some magic switch that's at the top of my rectal cavity, anal cavity that made me gay? There's no like panic button in your ass that's going to make you a fag. And if a woman's doing it to a man, it's straight sex, whatever's going on. You know, what matters is what's going on between his ears. That's what would make it gay. If she's fucking Mm. you in the ass with a a, a butt toy or a dildo, and you're thinking, I wish that was, you know, all three of the Jonas Brothers, then it's gay. (laughs) But if what you're thinking is, oh my god, this is so fucked up and hot and transgressive, and we've totally flipped these sex roles, and I like anal play, and here I am doing anal play with a woman who's wearing... A dildo and ah, and that sort of like craziness, like psyching yourself up into that kind of bungee jumping sex where you're really challenging your identity without doing anything gay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you got to be real comfortable with your identity, though, if you're going to challenge it like that. Yeah, I think you're going to have to get really comfortable because she's going to fuck your <laughs> ass this weekend because you left it up to me. And I've always said, and you knew I was going to say this, because I've written, if you're a regular reader, yeah. a thousand times yeah. that pegging, you know, a woman doing a man in the ass with a strap-on dildo, also known as pegging, is not gay. This is why you don't have several beers with your coworkers and then call the Savage Love Podcast. And you know what? When I had sex with girls, I had vaginal intercourse with girls where I put my mm-hmm. penis in their vaginas and left it there for a while until I, you know, had an orgasm, and it was mm-hmm. totally gay. Because I was the only way I could make that happen was going. Oh my God, it's Keanu. She's Keanu Reeves. She's Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, really? Well, it was a it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I'm old. Him and Patrick Swayze had that thing going on in that movie. That's right. And Dennis Quaid back in the day, all those guys, they were my my crutches when I had to have sex with girls under duress when I was a teenager. And it kind of made the sex I was having, vaginal intercourse, totally gay, because I was totally gay. Are you gay? Uh, I'm not gay, no. Well, then it can't be gay. It doesn't matter if she fucks you in the ass with the biggest dick-like thing in the world. But she can go get, like, a beautiful little sex toy. Like, what if she had in her hand one of those butt toys that looks like a little dolphin? And she put it in, and she put it in your butt. Well, see, that would be, like, okay. Okay, so what if, instead of that little dolphin being in her hand, mm-hmm. she was holding it in the crook of her arm, just like, you know, in her, by her elbow, just, like, bracing it there and put it in your butt? So she had to put her whole arm in there first? No, 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 no. It's just she held it in the crook of her arm so it was like sideways. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... And if she held it with her toes and put it in your butt. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's going to hold it with her crotch and -hmm. put it in your butt. Mm -hmm. Is it gay then? Like, at what point with this dildo migrating around her body does it become gay? When it looks like a dick and it's attached to her crotch and she grinds away? And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the mental thing. Because if it looks like a dick, then it's what's going on in your head. You're like, okay, there's a dick in my butt. Yeah, but it may not be real. It's her dick. what's happening here? It's her dick. And you can get a dolphin. Instead of thinking, oh, my God, she put her dick in my butt, you can think, oh, my God, she put her dolphin in my butt. And I'm totally straight. Because it's just a dolphin. Just a dolphin, and you can put a whole—you can put a whole sea mammal in your ass and not be gay. <laughs> that's what we're—that's going to be our new euphemism for it. Just a dolphin. It's just a dolphin, 
And it's about pleasure. You know, you getting fucked in the ass by a lady can feel good and transgressive. And if you tap into, like, part of what's transgressive about it is she's making you her bitch and she gets to play the masculine role while you play the feminine role, Mm -hmm. then, you know, that's just icing on the cake. And the cake is the sensations, the prostate stimulation, you know, just anal sex and how good it can feel all by itself. And then you can frost that with dom-sub stuff, with... Uh, you know, transgressive stuff about gender roles and expectations and her getting to be the man and you having to be the woman if you want to play it that way. But you don't have to play it that way. She can just put a dolphin in your butt. It can just be a dolphin. It can just be a lovely little dolphin <laughs> crashing through the waves of your sphincters on the way into your ass, into your prostate. Okay? All right, fair enough. And oh, you knew I was going to say this, so clearly know, you I'm... want to get fucked in the ass and you're going to make this young woman's fantasies and dreams come true. She's wanted to do this for a long time, clearly, and you essentially has. volunteered when you called and left it up to me. Especially because there was nothing in it for me. If, if, oh, there's something I, in it for you. Right. You are in for it. There's a lot in it for you. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to have such a great now. fucking We're orgasm. Some, something. I don't know. You're going to have a great orgasm, and you're going to call us back and tell us all about it. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. Now put, put Michelle on the phone really quickly. One last comment. Okay, okay. Hello? Okay, you're going to fuck him in the ass, and then you're going to call us back and let us know how it went. Oh, my God. Awesome, yeah. But you, might have, really get a do- well, you might have to go get a dolphin dildo instead of a penis-shaped dildo. He'll tell you all about it. <laughs> okay, I look forward to that. Because, you know, some men, they can do it if it looks like a little lovely sea mammal, but they can't do it if it looks like a big hairy schwanz. So. Isn't that, but isn't, like, uh, getting fucked with a dolphin more gay than getting fucked with a dick? No. <laughs> I've known a lot of gay men in my life, and I don't think I've known any dolphin fuckers, but or any who've been into dolphins no. at all. It's always it's usually dick. Dick is the uh, where we start. Okay. All right. Got it. Dolphins are um, for lesbians and other people who might be afraid of phallic things for insertion play that look like dicks. He's clearly got a little bit of trepidation about it looking like a dick. So get a dolphin, stick it in his ass, and then halfway through, tell him that it's your dolphin dick, and now he's getting fucked. All right? Okay, yes. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you for settling that. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, Dan Savage. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm a 20-year-old queer guy from New York. You advocate a lot for queer youth, and there's a definite emphasis on being sex positive and body positive. Um, and so I wanted to give you a heads up about this sort of, like, really radical um, queer youth camp um, that happens every summer. Um, and I attend it, and I help the planet, um, and it's called Queer Spirit Camp. And it's a week-long sleepaway camp for uh, queer people, straight people, um, age 18 to 24. It takes place in upstate New York, and it's really sort of cool and, like, radically inclusive. Um, Everybody um, from sort of all over the gender and uh, sexuality spectrum um, comes, and it's like a week of community building. Um, Like this year, I met some really awesome people, one person was a trans male, uh, female to male, who for the first time since they started transitioning um, in, this, in this place, in this community, um, they felt comfortable enough to like, take off their binder. Um, another person um, was a trans female, um, who for the first time I think I've ever seen her, um, took off her wig and was comfortable um, and not uh, forced into like the, the gender roles that society uh, sort of inscribes on us, um, and just so many more awesome people um, were there, and so uh, I know it probably sounds sort of like 
fruity and, and dumb, but uh, a lot of people who go discover it as life-changing. Um, and the best part is that uh, for anybody who goes, it's completely pay what you can afford. Seeing how you're sort of an established gay, and this is sort of right up your alley, being sex positive and body positive and queer uh, youth community and everything else, I thought I would bring it to your attention give you a call. Thank you for all the lovely compliments, and I'm really trying to restrain myself as an established gay. Um, I'm all for this event and everything that you describe, and I am sex positive and body positive, and I'm all for queer youth finding and building community. And I say all this uh, in advance of feeling like, you know, Tourette's compelled to add that, you know – a camp, sex body positive camp in the woods with a bunch of people, just for me personally, sounds like the deepest circle in hell. Which is not to say, it's an I statement. I feel that this would make me miserable. Which is not to say that other people won't find tremendous value and community and healing and make lifelong connections and you know meet the love of their life at queer spirit camp. There's just something about pairing the word queer with spirit that, you know, as a lifelong recovering Catholic psychopath makes my teeth itch. And I feel like I have to say that to be honest. You know, I'm endorsing your event. Not everything that happens in Gayland has to be for everyone in Gayland. Everybody doesn't have to go to IML. Everybody doesn't want to go to IML. Everybody doesn't have to go to the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Not everybody's allowed to go to the Michigan Women's Music Festival. But not everybody has to or wants to, and it doesn't mean that the Women's Music Festival and IML aren't good things for the folks who like to go, but they're not to everyone's taste. So I'm endorsing this event, even though there's not a snowball's chance in hell that you would ever find me at it. Queerspiritcamp.com. Check it out. Hey, Dan. Um, I just listened to podcast 207. Um, I'm a trans guy, and I wanted to let you know that I've always defended you to my friends who have said you were transphobic, and I've always said, yeah, he said some fucked up shit, but he learns. And, you know, I just wanted to let you know that that whole thing you said was pretty messed up. Yeah, it can be confusing. Sometimes trans people want things that seem weird to people who aren't trans, but we definitely don't need pity fucks. We definitely don't need tranny chasers. And we don't need to be nice to those people if they don't get us. Um, I'm still going to keep listening. Hopefully, uh, you know, you get something out of what I just said. Hi, this is actually in reference to episode number 207. The uh, woman that called about her husband, who was um, basically took a picture of her and called her fat, um, I just wanted to say that, Dan, you were absolutely right. The thing is, I want to further it a little bit more and say that it was abuse, what he was doing to her, because he made you doubt your judgment. He, he basically played mind games with you and got into your head and said, this is what... It, it, like, listen to yourself, and you, you were literally convinced or half convinced by him that you were uh, you were gaining weight, that you were wrong, that you were fat. Um, I mean, that's all I wanted to say, though. I, you were totally right, Dan. Hey, I'm calling about uh, the last episode with a woman who was a dickhead husband, <laughs> the amateur photographer, 
Anyway, she needs to make him not the husband, but the husband. All right, we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a caller question for a future show, give us a buzz. It's October 12th, the deadline for submissions to Hump, my annual amateur and locally with local defined as worldwide porn festival. All the details you need at humpseattle.com. Check it out. It's not too late to bust out a short, hot, sexy porn and perhaps win some amazing cash prizes. 206-201-2720 is the number. Give us a call. Leave us a question. Me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth will be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. 